your need-to-know cultural snapshot of Wisconsin and beyond. This is What's on Tap with Sandy Max. A deep dive into all things intriguing, riveting, and entertaining. And now your host for the evening, here's Sandy Max. Happy Tuesday, February 6th. I am Sandy Max, and thanks for joining me earlier this afternoon. I got to spend time on WTMJ with former TV anchor Toya Washington. She and I talked about what she's been working on lately, uh, Black History Month, Internet Safety Day, and we welcomed entertainment journalist Ryan Jay to the studio and got an update on local performing arts scene here in Milwaukee and Wisconsin and some movie reviews. And uh, this was our welcome with Ryan Jay. Hey, Sandy. How are you? I'm doing great. It's so good to see you again. It is wonderful to see you. And to meet Toya in person. I know. It's like, I see you. I know you. And uh-huh. I was like, wait, but you don't know me because I'm on the other side of the TV when I see you. Exactly. <laughs> so surreal. So that's what you look like in 3D, right? right? So, Ryan, as an entertainment journalist, you cover TV, you cover film, mm-hmm. but you're also a theater enthusiast. I'm obsessed with the local theater scene. Let's just okay. say it like it is, right? First of all, I mean, you know, yes, I, I, I'm born and raised here like, like, you know, we, like we do, and then went to New York for 13 years and celebrate everything entertainment from, you know, the greatest that it can be in the country, but then coming back here and really appreciating just how creative and fantastic this community really is. And not just Summerfest during the summertime mm-hmm. and the tours and all the other great concerts that we get, but the local theater scene and the arts cred that we have in Milwaukee is so outstanding from, of course, the crown jewel, the Marcus Center, you know, Marcus Performing Arts Center, and we're seeing, you know, yet this season they still have Mamma Mia coming up and Clue, the Tina Turner musical yeah. and uh, Court Moulin Rouge which is such a spectacle uh, but then the Milwaukee Rep and Skylight and even these smaller independent companies that a lot of people don't really know about that are so committed year after year to doing full seasons mm-hmm. of outstanding work without the budget that the United Performing Arts Fund, UPATH provides for some of the more prominently known companies are coming through show after show with phenomenally thoughtful, provocative, interesting, sometimes in the best way, disturbing art. (laughs) Uh I love it. And we are so lucky to have a thriving arts theater scene here. And the range of that and that you have spent time in New York, you can have that comparison Mm because we all have the hometown pride. But to actually have that comparison go, oh, no, 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 we have world class talent here. I mean, talk about the Milwaukee rep, the costuming department there. Alex Tacoma has been the head of the costuming department, and Mm -hmm. he is world class. We are lucky that he chooses to be here. Absolutely. And like Skylight Music Theater executive director Susan Varela was Fantine on Broadway in Les Mis, you know, with her husband, Andrew, who was uh, Javert and uh, the artistic director, Michael Unger, tons of Broadway credits to his name. And we see a lot of that here across the artistic. I mean, even the Milwaukee Ballet, Michael Pink is one of the most internationally renowned, recognized uh, choreographers where his uh, ballets have been performed all over the world to great acclaim and has won some of the highest achievements and awards imaginable in that industry. And made his home here for Mm -hmm. 20 years now and made an impact with the Milwaukee Ballet and bringing the world to Milwaukee. I love one of the favorite things of the Milwaukee Ballet, not just the classics, but this weekend is Genesis. Yes. And this is a competition of three choreographers handpicked from around the world, and they stage their earth-shattering, groundbreaking choreography Uh with Milwaukee Ballet dancers. Three different 
pieces mm-hmm. that the audience gets to vote on. Oh, wow. And then that co- the winner, which I know art is subjective, but, but yes. what resonates the most, then that choreographer, the winning choreographer, comes back and stages that with Milwaukee Ballet dancers oh later. Oh, my God. It's, it's a, a real wonderful fan favorite. Yeah. Yeah. If, yeah. If you don't want to go out and see the story, which you should, by the way, like Michael Pink's Dracula mm. as a ballet, you, it's interesting to see, like, how can horror adapt not only to stage, but ballet? Mm-hmm. You know, that in and of itself as a genre is miraculous and outstanding. But he works with budgets. Like we, you saw, he remounted. It was the first um, revision. It was the world premiere of his Nutcracker ballet re envisioned uh, this last holiday and that's season. That's always daring. And it had the you budget the of, classic, of like know? a big Broadway production. It was like a $15 million. Like, it, and it showed. Yeah. And so, and they're doing Cinderella coming up. But yes, this Genesis coming up this weekend is the, um, is a real fan favorite and just kind of a great testament to the diversity in dance within dance and the different kinds of uh, styles that you can have within ballet in of itself. And puts Milwaukee on a global map yes. for mm-hmm. arts and culture. And after, like I said, two decades of Michael Pink being here, mm-hmm. it's not just a whim. It's not just something. I think it will, it will live on yeah. in the future. Yeah. Uh. Mm-hmm. Who is maybe I, we just glowed about the local theater scene and you've got your finger on the pulse. Are there any struggles in the theater scene? Because we know that Wisconsin as a state is one of the lowest contributors to the arts and culture scene only two percent of the entire state budget yes comparatively to other states wisconsin could do 2%? and should do yes. much better in terms of government funding I think 48th or 49th it's in the a, country it's uh, yeah I'm, I'm ashamed of that you know um but i but but still the audience turns out and so something that we can all do because by the way including the marcus performing arts center skylight uh these and you know milwaukee rap these are all non-profit organizations so in addition to becoming a subscriber if you can or going out and seeing the shows donating and um, contributing that way helps so much one of the great other companies we have uh, milwaukee chamber theater which consistently does amazing work under the direction artistic director brent hazelton uh who was at the rep before yeah yes and um, he himself is a writer director. He mounted the incredible production of Liberace mm-hmm. that he revived this year, debuted at the Rep, you know, a decade ago, and it uh, it almost closed last year, or this season almost didn't happen because they were in such financial turmoil. Well, you know what? Wisconsin showed up. The audience showed up. They did a fundraising campaign. They're able to be here for this season. Hopefully, they can be here again next season. But we've got to continue to commit that way because this is a great option, especially in our winter months. Yes. Or when yes. Summerfest isn't available. And yeah, there's great sporting events that we can watch at home. And you know, you, I'm always talking about what to see on the big screen and what you can stream at home on TV when you see me on the blend on Fridays on TMJ4 but like it's still so much to see in our local theater and seeing things live in the communal aspect of an audience I'm going to need you to repeat something here because Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the biggest uh, misconceptions as far as some of the larger um, venues is Mm -hmm. that that they are nonprofits. Correct. Like in Marcus, I think that is the biggest one. Full disclosure here, mm-hmm. I'm on the board. So yeah. I will say that. But Thanks I think for that, supporting the arts. But, but thank you. <laughs> but that that was one of the things that like even I did not realize until having a sit down conversation about whether or not I felt capable and what could I bring to the board and what my bandwidth was mm-hmm. at the time. Um and that was one of the things that I didn't know. Right. I'm like that. You know, because pe- people yeah. associate it with you're the Marcus ticket, Theater, you're making money. That, but that, they also yeah. they also associate it with the larger Marcus theaters, sure. with 
the corporation. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. It is no. still a nonprofit. You, and as you mentioned, subscribers, yes, go see a show. Absolutely. Do the and I'm an advocate of buying and subscribing to an entire season because, you know, you might recognize two or three shows you've seen before. It's been a while since you've seen them, but you recognize the songs. You're looking forward to those. The shows you're unfamiliar with, or in my case, I'm a musicals person, so I'm less jazzed about the straight plays or the dramas. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that ha- nine times out of ten you'll walk away from and say, you know what, I wouldn't have seen it had I not subscribed, had I not exactly. gone to see it, showed up that day, gone mm-hmm. in the rain or the snow, and it ends up being your standout favorite and your new, you know, your expanding it's a discovery, your taste. Yeah. Yes, they are nonprofit. Marcus uh, Performing Arts Center, like, and the rep and Scott and they, it's first stage. They all do great educational outreach programming um, and opportunities where they're bringing students and involving them in the arts. So above and beyond what schools may be doing for arts education, what our local theaters in addition to your tickets and enjoying their productions what they're doing for our community for the children in our community for those of us who grew up like me where you maybe were not inclined to do sports but you find an outlet in this kind of industry that builds esteem and empathy and way in a way helps you contribute back to society my career is in entertainment mm-hmm. i have my degree in journalism like you guys you know <laughs> and so it's it's just all kind of a, a very necessary important and fantastic thing Culture. and I, I would i would highly encourage um and and i was a person. I grew up in Minneapolis, and I think I saw maybe the only time I ever went to go see plays, musicals, anything that involved a stage yeah. was on field trips. And bi- the big reason why is because my family could not afford to. Mm-hmm. But I, I highly encourage. You know, we people are spending money on the most ridiculous consumable and disposable things mm-hmm. but something like that and i i tease the first time i i saw a broadway musical i was in my late 20s mm-hmm. and i was like oh my gosh like yeah. not not that i would have necessarily succeeded because i don't have a singing voice and not that i wanted to be like the 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 main character oh, but yeah. i'm like to have to have explored that more as a kid mm-hmm. You know, but by the time I got to high school, it was like, okay, I found my quote unquote lane in sports. Sure. I, mm-hmm. you know, so that was my thing, but it could have been both. Yes. Right? It absolutely. Been it both. is for many people. And it could, and I, not that I could have made a career out of it, maybe, but at least I could have explored that a little bit more. And right. I, so I encourage parents who, like, you know, you're, you're buying Nike pandas, mm-hmm. like, Every other week. Right. Exactly. Go take them to a theater. I mean, you're talking to research here. Biology and science shows that what affects and what's healthier for us and what we cherish and what molds us more are experiences over the material items that we get. So, yeah, if you want to get your kid that pair of tennis shoes or Mm -hmm. iPhone or the the latest gadget or, you know, accessory they want, it's the experiences that shape us and that we remember and make us who we are. I will tell you one of the first um musicals that we brought our girls to was um house of rock no school of school rock, of rock. Yes. thank you school of rock kids. sorry mm-hmm. um school of rock haven't had enough coffee yet school <laughs> of rock and i kid you not like first of all they watched the movie, movie version sure, with jack several, black yeah, yeah. So jack black they watched that several times over but when they found out that it's returning they were like can we go see it again mm-hmm Yes, it's so good. And there's so much like that. And you're talking about even like maybe you were inspired, but we can talk more about this too and the arts and the performers that we have too in this community that we're supporting. And we're also debuting in the state mm-hmm. because uh, World Premiere Wisconsin was an entire festival that launched last year celebrating new plays and musicals. So we have a lot to be proud of. More with entertainment journalist Ryan Jay next on WTMJ. You're listening to What's on Tap with Sandy Max on WTMJ. Earlier this 
afternoon. Toya Washington and I were on WTMJ together, and entertainment journalist Ryan Jay was a guest with us, and uh, he is a theater enthusiast. Mama Mia is coming to the Marcus Performing Arts Center, so uh, that should get you excited. But he discussed the Wisconsin performing arts scene, and we get some of his film reviews, but Ryan had uh, even more to say about the local art scene here in Milwaukee and Wisconsin. Just allowing me one more moment to advocate for our um, our local theaters and that we are supporting them and the companies, but also there are some great working artists who, as actors and performers and the people behind the scenes too and crew and set designers and lighting and sound and costume and that we are employing them and some of them are managing to, to do this, if not full-time, close to full-time with other supports. So... I just enjoy supporting these artists. It is an economic boost Mm -hmm. to have a cultural scene, music, theater, all of it. And so it's, as host of the arts page on Milwaukee PBS, it's now been 10 seasons. And every single artist I have met says, you know, if they're a sculptor, they say, hey, you think what I'm doing is is interesting? You need to meet this watercolor painter. And do you know these this duo and this band mm-hmm. over here? It's a very connected, collaborative. Yeah. Yes. And it's like, oh, and have you been to Spring Green to the American Players Theater there? You wouldn't believe the costuming that they do. You know, yeah. and everybody you just, wants to elevate and share the joy of the creativity that we have here in Wisconsin. It's true. And you just never know who locally you're supporting that may go on to become an Oscar nominee like this year's current nominee, Mark Ruffalo. From Wisconsin, yes, right? yeah. yeah, and he is up as best supporting actor for Poor Things. Got it. And Willem Dafoe for, is in that film. He is. And for those of us who have kids, that's the Hulk, yes. right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. yes, from the Avengers and yes. so forth. There yeah, we go. proving so, right. the versatility of his acting to mm-hmm. be a Marvel mm-hmm. movie superhero. Yeah. I love See, Toya, him. you know more. I love him. I love you, him. Yeah, yes. I love him too. He's great. He's he very is. talented. He is. So we were talking uh, just before we rejoined you on the air. Uh, Ryan asked Toya, so uh, which of the Oscar-nominated films have you seen? And Toya, your answer? Not a one. <laughs> which Not is a one. Sh- that, and I, I, and I, I know. I know. He, I, I, I know, that shocked. I, know. I think that's very normal for I, a lot of people. Here, we, we had to juggle schedules to, to try to see Barbie, and then it fell through. Someone had a surprise practice or something and then you know it kind of gets to that point where we're like okay well, we'll just watch max. it i know and we'll just <laughs> we'll watch it in our basement as a family yes but i i've wanted to watch that and also it's one of those that like that was one of those movies that i'm like i want to watch it with my daughters yes. period mm-hmm, yes definitely. end of story we weren't huge barbie people i was growing up my girls were you know somewhat but you know barbie also morphed into like the disney princesses so like they would mm-hmm. play with disney those princesses dolls. those mm-hmm. dolls so um, yeah, I, that yeah was Disney's one. not going to sit back and miss a dime when Mattel's out there putting dolls out, right? right? Disney's it, getting in on that, that market part, share. That part, sir. You are absolutely right. Ryan, as the entertainment journalist in the room who has seen Everything. many of the nominees, <laughs> I've seen many. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm a out of obligation. Yeah, well, and it's your job. So, yes. And I've seen several of them as kind of the cultural gal here at WTMJ. What are maybe three headlines from the Oscar nominations that you think are worth noting? Well, you know, it's Barbenheimer was was the year of 2023, right? Barbenheimer just owned it. So I think Mm -hmm. we're looking at Oppenheimer to really take best picture, best director, possibly best actor for Killian Murphy, and all deservedly so, right? I'm going to tell Um, you, Robert Downey Jr. is excellent in that. The the very end of that film, where everything comes together in one big kind of political conversation as spectacular as the rest of the film is and it's it handles 
the depth of the conversation really artistically. Christopher Nolan's fascinating, but mm-hmm. I'm telling you that the payoff at the end of that movie where everything gets tied up thematically was really satisfying. Impressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. that is on the to do list. I can I can highly recommend it, and I think it's a it's a movie that appeals to everyone. It's not a action. It's not a chick flick. It's not an action film. You know, it's it's not just for the kids. I I it's an adult conversation. I don't you know mm-hmm. all the teenagers aren't running to Oppenheimer. I'm sure. Yeah, but it's an important film, and it's a really well done film. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and see, for, yeah, I will tell you. Here's my other problem with movies, and my husband will attest to this is that spending so many years in the news business and having to keep stories tight, short, blah, 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 mm-hmm. that my attention span... It's so true. I know. It's terrible. Julia, it's you're not terrible. even mentioning the fact that we also grew up in the MTV... I mean, I'm older than you, I'm sure, but like the I MTV generation, seriously, um, that that we were experiencing the music videos that are edited with not a shot longer than 15 seconds. Exactly. So our, our, yeah, we've all been given ADHD if we didn't have it naturally, right? Seriously. like, And that that is probably one of the other reasons why I'm just like, okay, do we have to go we're going to a movie and the, it's it's a process because it's a time commitment. It's an investment. It's just, yes. yes. Like, mm-hmm. I love to go. that's type what of- I'm here for. That's why I enjoy being a film critic because it's my job to tell you to see it, stream it, or skip it. And the biggest kiss of death and the number one thing that destroys a movie is its length. If it's too long, there are three-hour movies that feel like an hour and that's when it's directed oh, right, edited right, that. the performances yes. are right, you're sucked in, you want it to, you could go longer. But, yes, and that's you know, say, I wish that had right. been. But then there are also, I've sadly seen movies that are 86 minutes long and feel like they're seven hours. Yeah. So I mean, they, checking all, your watch. Right, there's a lot to be said there, but you know, you can't. You have to. You have to look at all the different factors and not just judge based on runtime. We're going to talk more about the film industry and the business angle of it with the strikes and just how did that or didn't that really affect the industry? Entertainment journalist Ryan J. Next on WTMJ. This is what's on tap with Sandy Max. Entertainment journalist Ryan Jay thinks there could be a possible Oscars upset, and he has a big film recommendation for us, and Wizard of Oz updates. It's all in the next half hour on What's on Tap, but first from the WTMJ Breaking News Center, here's Jessica Gatso. Thanks, Sandy. House Republicans have failed to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas tonight. They were just a few votes short, with 214 votes in favor and 216 against. We're now learning the identity of the person of interest arrested in connection to the double murder in downtown Elkhorn last week. Local criminal defense attorney Russell Jones tells our news partners at TMJ4 that the person is his client, Thomas Rout Jr. Rout is maintaining his innocence and says he was not involved in the case. He's being held in the Walworth County Jail on a corrections hold because he has a previous criminal history. Route served several years in federal prison on a long list of convictions, including arson, burglary, and forgery. Since he's been out on parole, police can hold him longer than the typical 72 hours. Route has not yet been formally charged. A Milwaukee resident testing positive for MPOX. The City of Milwaukee Health Department says the individual tested positive last Friday, the first identified case of MPOX in Milwaukee since June of 2023. The Health Department is offering a free drive through MPOX vaccination clinic this Saturday at the Northwest Health Center in Milwaukee. Taking a look at your roads with your Johnson & Sons paving time saver traffic. A crash to look out for this evening. It's on the ramp from Lincoln Memorial Drive to 794 East. Otherwise, roads are looking clear. Just want to look out with that dense fog this evening. 
And taking a look at your WTMJ forecast, we do have a dense fog advisory in effect. That's for Kenosha, Racine, Ozaki, Sheboygan, and Milwaukee County until 6 a.m. on Wednesday. Tonight, mostly cloudy skies with a low of 36. On Wednesday, we'll have mostly cloudy skies and breezy with a high of 48. Thursday, also mostly cloudy and breezy. Showers are likely. We could see some thunderstorms later in the day, a high of 53. Right now in Milwaukee, it's 33 degrees. I'm Jessica Gatso, Siding Unlimited. WTMJ News Time is 632. What's on tap with Sandy Max is back on WTMJ. I am Sandy Max. Earlier this afternoon, TV news anchor turned TV news talent coach Toya Washington joined me on the air here at WTMJ. We had a good time this afternoon covering all sorts of topics and... We rolled out the red carpet for entertainment journalist Ryan Jay, who thinks there could be a possible Academy Awards upset, and he has a big film recommendation for us. First, the Oscars. You remember that year we had La La Land versus Moonlight, and mm-hmm. they thought, they even announced La La Land, Faye Dunaway, but it was actually oh, Moonlight that. that actually won. I think everybody is betting on Oppenheimer. The one possible upset would be the holdovers. Could take Best Picture. But anyway, there were a lot of snubs as well, so... You know, Greta Gerwig, the uh, Margot Robbie talk of a snub for not getting a nomination for Barbie when Ryan Gosling got one as Ken. America Ferreira, thank goodness, got one for supporting actress in the film. She had a great monologue. We're still going to be rooting for Wisconsin. Yes. Still going to be rooting for Mark Ruffalo on the yes. red carpet. That's Absolutely. very. That's mm-hmm. something now, to watch for. I did for. see that monologue. Yes. I did see that monologue. Did, you, did you identify with it? Uh, 125%. Right? Yeah, that's yes. Oscar. And I think sometimes, you know, roles will get nominations not because the entire performance. It only takes a moment in a movie. There have been people who've been nominated and won for less than what America did in that moment with that monologue. It's mm-hmm. epic, and, and that's the kind of moment where I think we all collectively knew this is yes. worth a nomination. Yes, yes. get your red carpet dress ready. Ready, girl. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> and you... all the accessories. <laughs> yes, all yes, of... definitely. Clam so squad. You... Ryan asked uh, Toya earlier, hey, mm-hmm. how, which movies have you seen? And, and we've all chuckled. And again, I think it's a very real answer. And we all choose how to spend our entertainment dollars. So I don't think any less of anybody who's like, I haven't seen Barbie. I haven't seen Oppenheimer. Summertime was a nice time to be outside and be up north. I'll stream it later. Oh, yeah. life got in the way. <laughs> like, yes. So no shame in that game of not seeing a movie game. But you lit up, Toya, asking Ryan about a movie that you've been excited about Yes, but Still I have haven't not seen, haven't seen it. But and again, it goes back to trying to schedule with the you know a group of girlfriends. We're all on the calendar, and you know, and, and I'll just say it: it's Sashel Reed, Shannon Sims, Amanda Porterfield, and myself. Oh. All are in like a like a little group. Can chat I come type of thing. I would say the TV gals. <laughs> yes, the and TV we, journalists. We call each other sometimes the, the aunties. Sometimes so, they oh, let a gay huge. in on an honorary. <laughs> right? Come on. So the aunties cannot get on the same page about when we were going to go see this movie, and it's the movie Origin. Yes. And this movie is phenomenal. It changed my life. I was bawling by the end. It's the true story of Isabel Wilkerson, who is the first African-American female to win the Pulitzer Prize in journalism. And I see why you wanted to go, ladies. Yes, it's the story of her life that intersects at a very difficult time personally for her as she's researching a seemingly impossible thesis, designing a book she wrote called Cast. Um, and and find which cast, by the way, is a was one. If it sounds familiar, it's because when the importance of diversity, equity, um, and inclusion 
you know, the hot topic after George Floyd, that seemed to be the book that like everybody, every corporation was handing out. And you need to understand like right. the, the, the systemic and how, uh, racism or, or caste systems or things like this work and why still religion. to this day, mm-hmm. um, the repercussions of it. So right. I'm sorry to interrupt yeah, your flow no, there, no. but that's, that's the book in case people are like, wait, what book is she talking it's about? It's absolutely relevatory and life changing. And it's the kind of thing that should be required reading. I know I'm, that's not my place to say I'm not a parent. You know what I mean? But I am just like, let's say adults. It just, opened, but it shows the impact. It showed the but impact. And what you. she did was, here's the thing. What I'm so impressed by is she, she had a concept that she wanted to find a connection between three things that are basically impossible, we'd say, to find a connection between the Holocaust, uh, American slavery, and um, the caste system in India. And it was like, and she did it. She found the connection. And when that revelation and how she finds it in, in black and white, you know, research and terms, and it's all there in history, you know, documented, she just uncovered it and includes it. And then, and that just breaks down the exterior of what's all at the basis of all these different things. Um, it's, it's insanely enlightening, terrifying, fascinating, and mm-hmm. also cautionary and like a lesson that we can all just benefit from. I mean, so she just taught us. And ties into Black History Month, a very ideal time mm-hmm. for this film to be coming out. And uh, Toya, you and the aunties still have a chance to see this. It is in theaters now. Yes. Mm-hmm. At AMC, Mayfair, also several of the Marcus so theaters. So this is an enlightening conversation for me. I hadn't heard of this. Mm-hmm. And that that in and of itself... I, I, I'm trying to peel away that onion and figure out how and why that didn't get any nominations. Um, and just um, more exposure. Yeah, oh well, studio, studio money didn't do the campaign. That's what it comes down to. They didn't do an Oscars campaign. Next on what's on tap, Ryan J shares several reasons for Wizard of Oz fans to be excited in 2024. Welcome back to What's on Tap on WTMJ. Take it slowly on the road. A dense fog advisory till 6 o'clock tomorrow morning for Kenosha County, Racine County, Ozaki County, Sheboygan County, and Milwaukee County. That music uh, hopefully brighten your foggy drive and make you groove. I'm Sandy Max. This is What's on Tap, a show about culture and creativity in Wisconsin and around the world. And that is the kind of song that would get entertainment journalist and Oz historian Ryan J. Groovin, Ryan joined me and former TV news anchor Toya Washington on WTMJ earlier this afternoon. And Ryan shared his observations on our Wisconsin theater scene, some of his insights on this year's Academy Awards nominees, and his expertise in all things Oz. I mean, Ryan's knowledge and fandom is encyclopedic when it comes to on stage, on screen, the books and everything. And Ryan shared several reasons for fellow Oz fans to be excited in 2024. Easing on down the road with entertainment journalist Ryan Jay, who is an expert in all things Wizard of Oz, including jamming with the Wiz there. Mm-hmm. Why is 2024 such a big year for the Wizard of Oz, Ryan? It is. It's the but the Aussiest year in a long time, and um, I think it's awesome because uh, 
There's this new animated series, D and Friends in Oz, debuted just yesterday on Netflix. The Tony Award-winning best musical, The Wiz, finally being revived on Broadway for the first time ever. That's going to be opening April 17th. There's a national tour right now of it. I saw it three times during its stop in Chicago. It's phenomenal. Uh, and did your research. The fourth longest-running Broadway show in history, Wicked, celebrated its 20th anniversary last year, is finally adapting to the big screen. Wicked, the movie Part 1, opens this November 27th. Part 2 comes out November 26th, 2025. Wow. But this year is the 85th anniversary of the Judy Garland MGM classic, Wizard of Oz. And as Toya mentioned previously, Oconomowoc uh, is a claim to fame because we it was a sneak preview there a couple days before the actual premiere, the world premiere in Hollywood. The day before, coincidentally, in... Um, in Oconomowoc, just the day before, it was in Appleton, and it was in Kenosha and Green Bay. So um, Oconomowoc, you know, is the one putting all the effort into it, which Absolutely. I appreciate, and we're going to go with that. But um, Wisconsin, yeah, Wisconsin got the Wisconsin first look at the Emerald City. What a cool, mm-hmm. and what an occasion that would have been, because oh. that's such a grandiose film. And, and color in on the big screen being so in, in its infancy at that time as well. And it's going to be on the big screen at the Oriental Theater on February 16th, which mm-hmm. I just think is going to be a magical, literally a magical experience. You'll go with me? I would love to. Wait, I, I want to. in. Let's go. Come on. Okay. Get the aunties. Get We're the gonna aunties. Aunties yeah. to Oz. <laughs> Thank you so much, entertainment journalist Ryan Jay, for joining me and Toya today. I wish you an awesome day. Awesome. Thank you so much. He started it. I wouldn't have said it if he hadn't said it. Ryan Jay, entertainment journalist and Oz historian, someone to follow along on social media, also because he does screenings as a film reviewer. And uh, you can catch up on that full podcast at WTMJ.com and wherever you get your podcast. That'll be posted uh, shortly. And uh, that Sunday, February 16th screening at the Oriental Theater, I really am excited about. This really is a beloved film for me as a child. And I'll tell you what I remember all the way back to the 90s when the Avalon Theater in Bayview had a screening of The Wizard of Oz and also had two of the munchkins there. And I remember going and going early and meeting them and getting an autographed photo so I could take it home to my mom because this is one of those films I have watched since I was a kid and I've watched with my family and you quote it and it's just, it, it can be a very meaningful film, but it's just so funny to remember all the way back to then. And my mom still has the frame photo of the munchkins at, at the, at uh, the, the Avalon theater there. And uh, next you're going to hear a song that created one of the most magical moments from Sunday night's Grammy Awards ceremony. That's the song you need to hear next on what's on tap on WTMJ. And now, feast your ears. This is the song you need to hear. Most blogs going to be playing at 10. These go to 11. It's also the song that's been stuck in my head ever since I saw the beautiful performance on the Grammy Awards ceremony on Sunday night. And it is now number one on iTunes after the Grammy's performance. It is Tracy Chapman's Fast Car, her original version that inspired Luke Combs, the country artist, to cover it and it's been a huge hit for him and i'm going to be honest with you this is a song that i really like i liked it when it first came out and i've been hearing it on the radio and i've just been kind of annoyed because it's like it was a perfect like why would you need to redo it well since then i've learned that luke combs loves this song he used to listen to it with his dad uh he just truly loves this song and all of the music that tracy chapman has created and that is why he really kind of note for note has covered the song 
even the lyrics, he didn't change them because she wrote just such a great song. So now that I know that it means that much to Luke Combs, uh, I'm over the the cover and I actually enjoy his version. Uh, But this is the original, which I enjoy the most. And number one on iTunes and a lot of people rediscovering Tracy Chapman and Fast Car. It's a song you need to hear on WTMJ. Boy, your friends and you do your kiss. I'd always hope for better. 
Tracy Chapman, the song you need to hear on what's on tap tonight. And the song's been stuck in my head uh, ever since I saw the performance. And if you haven't seen it yet, it I really think it will warm your heart. Tracy Chapman has not performed live in years. And I think it was kind of a surprise to her that this version, the, the country version that Luke Combs covered, would be such a huge hit and bring attention to her again. And it was a rumor before the Grammys Maybe she'd perform it, and it happened. And to see the look of sweetness, and it's really just a a very pure, she seems really touched when the crowd stands up and sings along to every word of her song as she performed it with Luke Combs. So it was one of those magical moments. Yes, the Grammys can be criticized for being really over the top and people congratulating themselves, but... There were some really magic moments, and that was one of them. And one of the cool things that we got to do here at What's on Tap was kind of get a before and after at the Grammys from Milwaukee native Cheryl Pavelski. She was nominated for a Grammy Award for Best Historical Album. Uh, it's a box set called Written in Their Soul, the Stack Songwriter Demos. And so we talked to her Friday. Then we talked to her yesterday because she did win. So if you want to hear what it was like uh, to be all pins and needles and find out if you'd win and then to find out what it's like to win uh, go to our podcast at WTMJ.com you can catch up on what's on tap there. I am Sandy Max. Join me tomorrow. Uh, we might be doing some beer tasting in honor of Marquette University. It'll make sense. Join me tomorrow at 6 on what's on tap on WTMJ.